Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, SEC East showdown time, undefeated, at least for now time. Hey, maybe football's going to be fun time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday afternoon. A lovely Thursday afternoon. Temperatures in the upper 70s here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Very few, if any, clouds in the sky. Don't think it's going to be quite that lovely, the weather, this weekend down in Athens, Georgia, when the 14th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers go down to face the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on CBS, which, as you know, is the greatest network uh, in the history of television. Uh, And I may be contractually obligated to say that, um, but I also happen to believe it, so that's a convenient thing. Not just going to be me on this podcast, guys. We're going to do something a little bit different, going to have a little bit of fun, going to go in a minute down to Georgia and speak with Rusty Manziel, who covers Georgia football and Georgia recruiting and recruiting all over the state of of Georgia for the 24-7 Sports Network there for Dogs 24-7, one of my very, very favorite people in the business, uh, talking a lot about Tennessee recruiting down there in Georgia, talking about the game this weekend, uh, talking about some matchups in this game, some places, uh, that, the matchups that, that look okay for the Vols, some that, that don't look quite as good for the Vols, and uh, I think a, a pretty darn good, pretty objective conversation. Rusty will always tell you straight, he'll shoot it right at you, tell you exactly what he thinks, uh, and he's certainly a guy who has respect for the Tennessee program and the current coaching staff and, and all that stuff. So we got plenty to get to here in a minute. Thought I should tell you a couple things first off, though. Uh, if you've not seen some of the latest uh, CBS power rankings there by uh, our own Dennis Dodd, he's got Tennessee ranked ninth nationally in his current power rankings, uh, which is interesting. Now, will that mean anything if Tennessee doesn't Go out there and start winning some of these big games like this weekend? No, uh, it, it won't because Tennessee uh, has proved in this eight-game winning streak that it's no longer near the basement of the SEC. It's comfortably in the middle of the league at, at minimum, but uh, the question is when does Tennessee go past that? When does Tennessee move past that? Uh, and that's something that's certainly very, very interesting. Um, that's going to be the story of the weekend. Is Tennessee ready to – to make a big step forward uh, and to to become a team that can go out there and beat a Georgia or beat an Alabama. That's something that uh, we haven't seen this Tennessee team do in a while. I think it's uh, Tennessee, I believe it was 14 years ago, uh, perhaps. I, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was down there when they went down uh, and they beat Georgia in Athens, that 51-33 to game. I believe it's been about 14 years now. That is the last time Tennessee has beaten an AP top 
10 opponent. Auburn was ranked just outside uh, that, obviously, uh, a couple years ago. Kentucky was ranked just outside that. Uh, so Tennessee has not had an opportunity, has not done something like this in a long time, and there's plenty to discuss there. A uh, couple of quick injury news and notes. Uh, it does look like um, Bryce Thompson will be okay this week. Uh, looks like Sean Schamberger also will be okay for Tennessee. Now the question is, will Schamberger have enough game conditioning uh, underneath his belt to, to, to go out there and avoid rust? You know, will he be rusty uh, coming back from, from some missed time, or, or will he kind of hit the ground running and look like the guy who was ranked by pro football focus as the the most efficient uh, sort of nickel corner there in college football last season? That That's certainly a huge deal. Uh, for Tennessee and something that needs to be monitored. Uh, Jameer Johnson uh, has a bit of a, I think of a bone bruise in his ankle is what they're calling it. Uh, And he uh, did not play last week. Uh, I do not know that he will be able to go this week. I think he'll be available if needed. Not sure he'll be needed, honestly, because it looks like Wanye Morris is back and looking like himself. And the Vols have other options there. So maybe a few years ago, if a guy of Jameer Johnson's caliber you know, was limited, was gimpy. Um, he might still be the best option for Tennessee, but if you're on that offensive line now and you're you're dinged up, uh, there's a chance that whoever is, you know, either right there with you on the depth chart or, or just behind you could probably go out there and play better than you could, I think, in a lot of cases. So plenty to discuss there. Also, a quick note, uh, coming to you, if you hear any background noise uh, during either this intro uh, or the interview with Rusty Manziel, or the outro, or any other time during this podcast. Giving you a quick quick heads up on that. Uh, there is a construction crew here at Fort Rucker in the basement uh, because you know our house was uh, built in built in 1890 by General Custer, and uh, it has a basement that sort of looks like a, a scene from a horror movie, maybe something from Hostel, something like that. Um, it, it's uh, let's just put it this way: it's not a place that you're ever comfortable really being in. The rest of the house is fine. The basement, uh, it's uh, it, it's pretty rough down there. So we're, uh, uh, we've are we got a construction crew in there kind of fixing up some things. So in case you hear any uh, jackhammering in there or uh, some, uh, some machines going, that would be the reason for that. Also, uh, we have not had hot water in this house all week and will not have it until Friday, which has been really, really pleasant. I, I really, you, you wonder how people used to live. You know, it's like this is the weather's been good this week. So the lack of central heat and air during the basement renovation time has not been a big deal. But but the hot water, the lack of hot water, that is um, that is not pleasant. I imagine that's bothering my wife more so than myself. But it has uh, it's it's not been good. I can uh, if you're if you're uh, looking at a house and you're thinking, you know, um, uh, this one looks pretty good, but I don't know if it has hot water. Just don't just don't go. Don't don't go with it. You want the hot water. I'm telling you, you want the hot water. You think you can rough it, right? Oh, I'm a big, tough man. I got a beard, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Guys, you want that hot water. It's nice. It's uh, When it's taken away from you, gives you new perspective on things. Makes you realize, uh, I guess, in a sense, how lucky uh, we have it most of the time, I think. There's some life perspective. Some life advice for you, wisdom, words of wisdom to live by. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, I'm going to get to the first part uh, of my interview with Rusty Manziel from Dogs 24-7, talking Tennessee football, uh, talking Georgia football, talking recruiting, talking all sorts of fun things, lots of good stuff from this conversation that I had just about an hour or so ago with Rusty Manziel. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of my very favorite people in the 24-7 sports network, Rusty Manziel. 
joined now by one of my favorite people in the uh, 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm not saying that just because he happens to be on the phone line with me here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We've got Rusty Manziel from Dogs 24-7. Rusty, what's going on, man? Oh, man, just uh, got back from um, – went up in South Carolina a little bit, went to North Carolina. Man, it's crazy. North Carolina is not playing high school football. I mean, I I knew they weren't when I went there to see some kids, but when you actually get to some schools and they haven't been lifting since, like, March together, it, wow. it's, it's really – kind of crazy to me because living here in georgia i mean since june the 8th we've been we've been pretty much after it here in the state of georgia football wise and you know regardless of what side of the fence you're on it's still kind of weird to go to a state like that it produces really good high school football and bless those kids hearts man they're not getting it right now yeah that is different i mean i think in tennessee it, it, it's been kind of i don't want to say full go i mean certainly teams are playing in, in certain parts of the state knoxville they're playing uh, in other parts of the state, really only, I guess, Nashville, Memphis, and private schools are playing. But it, it's it's different, certainly. This is a, a different and really awful year that we're in in so many ways right now. Um, but, Rusty, when you look at, at sort of – I guess before I talk about this game in particular, because that's going to be the, the main point of this conversation, I guess, you know, you're a guy who has covered as much recruiting in the South as – God, just, just about anyone I can think of. You know, you've been around – this this sport you know the, these high school recruits for a long time you see the kinds of players that are going to certain programs at certain sure. times how much I know Tennessee at times when it struggled it had some pretty decent recruiting classes in terms of of uh, you know where it finished overall um, but it looks to me like and maybe I'm wrong here Tennessee is starting to kind of build an actual SEC football roster again is that fair to say Absolutely, and I went back and looked at some of my notes. I do that with with certain games that I know that, you know, better be buckled up and be tightened and ready for, you know, a lot of attention this week. And I did that certainly in Auburn last week. And I went back and looked at my notes, and I did one of our CBS HQ videos um, this time last year. And I said, listen, you know, at this time last year, Vols fans were, were, were not very happy with the direction of the program. Things weren't going good. I believe maybe been maybe – one in three or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but it was, wasn't a great start, obviously, with the Georgia State game. But when you look at that, I knew that Jeremy Pruitt could recruit. I knew he had alpha recruiters around him. The very same, uh, you know, footprint of Kirby Smart was Jeremy Pruitt. They're defensive guys. They're coming from the Saban tree. They were alpha recruiters, top of their game guys when they were position coaches. Like, you know, they recruited the elite of the elite. When you had a battle – you know, Alabama sent Jeremy Pruitt or Alabama sent Kirby Smart. And when those guys became head coaches, you knew they were going to do it. I, I think the question at Tennessee, it was the same at Georgia. Could Kirby Smart do it on Saturday? Could he win games on Saturday? He went eight and five the first year, and certainly he heard it from some teams. There's no question uh, against him, recruiting against him. I know Jeremy Pruitt is facing the same thing. So this is a big year for him, but I knew – that Jeremy Pruitt was going to put guys around him that could coach, but you had to be able to recruit. And that's what he's doing, especially as I look more into them the last two days, went back and watched the South Carolina game this morning. They're just so much bigger up front on both sides of the ball. I mean, really, even with the Cade Mays deal this week is so big, 
you know, it's big for the rest of the year, you know, and I know he's been practicing and all that, but being able to play is different. But what they have done up front, and that's where games are won and lost in the SEC. Quarterback play, we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure, but as far as what Tennessee is building, they're doing a damn good job. And I don't think anybody, I don't care if you're a fan of Tennessee or not, is surprised because Jeremy Pruitt was an alpha recruiter. Uh, he did a good job evaluating some guys at Georgia that were kind of under the radar and wind up being really good players for Georgia after he left. And uh, you know, he's won some big battles. Derrick Henry, you know, I remember him flipping Derrick Henry from, from Georgia. Derrick Henry was committed to Georgia for a year. And Jeremy Pruitt got him flipped as an example. I know uh, when you look at, you know, in, in, in a week like this, you know, we're all used to seeing coaches go through the whole coach speak thing, right? We're, we're used to hearing – you know, coaches say, oh, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, a, a, you know, an 0-8 team like it's, you know, some sort of a, sure. you know, championship contender or something. That's just, you know, you know how coaches are. But sure. it, it, when when Kirby Smart said earlier this week that um, just after they had just gotten through with Auburn, but he wanted to make sure everyone knew they were getting ready to face a much more difficult test on the offensive line and really on both lines of scrimmage. Yep. This week, I don't. I, I'm watching, and I've watched both of Auburn's games early this season. I, I don't. I don't think he was kidding, Rusty. No, no, no. I mean, Auburn. You, I talked to an NFL scout. And I, I made a post on our board today. I mean, kind of. Kind of I don't know if it made anybody mad. But they didn't take it the way that you know. I talked to an NFL scout last Tuesday, and I felt this way, but I really wanted to hear it from somebody else. And I asked him. I said, "Tell me what I'm missing." Because I think Georgia is going to shut Auburn down. In fact, I predicted preseason, I predicted 20 to 7 in August. And then I predicted it last week as 20 to 6. Game wind up being 27. I just could not see Auburn driving the ball down the field against Georgia. Uh, they could get a big play here or there, maybe a turnover. But I just couldn't see them put together a drive. When I talked to that scout this morning, because I told him, I said, look, I need one more favor. I want to call you back next week, and I want to kind of get what you think Tennessee-wise after you've seen two games of Tennessee tape. And, you know, he told me, he said, listen, this is a different this is a different group now they're facing because Tennessee's offensive line has got two very highly rated guys in Trace Smith and Cade Mays. And, you know, the question's still out on one day more. We all know he's an athletic kid. He's long. I think he's a hell of a football player. I've been covering since in ninth grade now. The questions are, is he going to be grow into a first-rounder, second-rounder? Is he going to be a fifth or sixth-rounder? So they got at least three pro prospects that they're dealing with, and two of them are very highly rated. And, uh, you know, that's where they've really changed. Now, looking at the defensive line, I know that maybe, you know, to me, he said if Georgia plays like they did last week on offense, that they're going to give Tennessee some issues up front. But he was really interested in that deal with Tennessee's offensive line versus – Georgia's defensive line. And listen, we've all know Jim Taney. You've covered him for a while. I've covered him for a while. He wants to run the ball, and they are not going to shy away from that. They're going to be physical. And I guarantee you, they have preached it all week long about we are going to run the ball in Georgia because really and truthfully, nobody has ran the ball in Georgia in two years. Yeah, it has been that long, it seems like. I mean, they – I, I look at that defense there, and I don't, you know, I, it's kind of rare to me to see 
uh, a defense that that's ranked so elite against the run and the pass at the same time. Normally, you, you see one if you're elite in one area, you know you're you're just pretty good in another area, or you're good but not great in the other area. To to see a, de- a team that's doing both, because I think you made a really good point uh, about Wanye Morris. I think if you watched last week, I I, I think he. He missed 28 days of practice, you know, or Correct. 28 days Correct. of camp, which is just insane. Um, but that's 2020, I guess. But he looked like himself a little bit more last week. He had a couple of pulls and and some uh, get out on a screen pass to get a key block for a touchdown. He was moving like himself again, at least a little bit from what I saw last week. But but yeah. to that Georgia defense, Rusty, I know that I, I've talked to Jake about this. Jake Rowe, your your coworker there, a couple times uh, about this Georgia defense, and, and he thinks that. You know, it's hard to compare one year to another year, you know, sometimes, but but that this probably is the most talented or the best Georgia defense he's seen so far. And, and we've only seen two games. There's going to be a lot more, but I don't see how he's wrong there. No, and I made the offseason thing, and I knew it would grab some attention and grab some headlines. But, of course, I didn't know what we were going into as far as once March hit, but I knew once the dust had settled and who stayed and who was this and who was coming back and that, I knew that Georgia was going to be strong 11 across the board. And I'll say this about JRE. JRE came to Georgia, and anybody can say whatever they want. It was because of D'Angelo Gibbs, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Gibbs was the guy they wanted. They, They got a bonus surprise package in JRE. He winds up being the three-year starter. You know, he was a fifth-round draft pick, and he didn't make the team. He's on a practice squad. Here was the problem with GRE. He was a freaking really good college football player. He was really good at Georgia. He was smart. He wasn't a burner, okay? And when you get to the NFL, that's the things that separate you, top-end speed. He didn't have it. So they inserted Lewis Seen, a kid from Texas who was a four-star top 100 defensive back, and Lewis Seen can fly. And so, you know, really that was the key piece they lost. And then they got faster at that position. And so when Richard LeCount came back, when he made the decision to come back, I knew then, man, this is going to be Georgia's best defense. And it's just the right mix. They don't have that Roquan Smith superstar, but they got some really, really good players. And it starts up front, man, with Jordan Davis. You know, he's getting a first-round grade from people I'm talking to. Uh, he's a 6'6", 340-pound defensive tackle, nose guard, and he causes all kinds of issues. So it starts with him, and when you have to double-team him and you're able to keep those linebackers free and behind it, and you got two corners that are 10, 300 guys, both are 6'1", 6'2", Eric Stokes, 100-meter champion in Georgia, Tyson Campbell, number two in Florida. Unfortunately, he was on the same high school team with Anthony Schwartz, who's one of the fastest pl- football players in America. Yeah, he's, a, he's ridiculous. I mean, Patrick Sertain, Anthony Schwartz, and Tyson Campbell all play on the same high school team. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I, I know how American Heritage could absolutely roll. And I, w- I went down there to see James Cook and some other guys play, and I stopped over there one day. I'll never forget it. They were juniors, and I, I left there thinking, how in the hell are those three kids on one freaking football team? And <laughs> You know, Sertain's going to be a first-rounder. Tyson Campbell's probably going to be a first-rounder. And then Swartz, you know, is going to be at least a second or third-rounder because he's going to be a 10-100-meter guy. So, you know, you look at all that put together, Georgia, and I steal this word from Barton. You know, I think Barton hit it on the head about a year and a half ago. He said, Georgia will absolutely suffocate you 
on defense. And that's what they did to Auburn. Once they got ahead on Auburn and knew they couldn't score, some Georgia fans get upset sometimes, but they did shut it down a little bit and ran the ball, but they knew that Auburn could not drive and score on them. Yeah, because that to me, you know, Rusty, I'm looking at it, and I know that that when you look at the way that 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 Tennessee offense is built, and you know, w- without Jennings and Callaway there, I still know that they have some guys there who can make some splash plays. They're developing those guys. Their young receivers can really run, uh, and I think Josh Palmer is, is all has been the most physically gifted wide receiver in that program for a few years now. I don't care what anybody says. I <laughs> watch those guys. That guy is just a different kind of athlete, uh, but. Uh, Tennessee's offense this year seems much more built to to kind of have some of those sustained drives. I don't know how you sustain drives against this Georgia defense. I, I think they're at some point you either get one false start penalty or they're going to knock you back on a on a first down. And you're going to be in second and thirteen or something, and it's just going to be really really hard at that point. I, and you can't really run horizontally on them. I, I don't know of any other way other than you attack them, you take chances. And, and you hope to, to bust something loose at some point. I went back, and, I, and this is the best comparison in my mind I could do. So I went back and watched three quarters, and I, and I would have watched the ending. I know, how, I know how the game ends. Trust me, I know how the game ends. But I, I, I ran out of time. I had to get on the rope hotel. I went back and watched Georgia on offense and the national championship game against Alabama and how Jim Chaney tried to attack that team because that 2017 Alabama defense was freak shows. It was salty. <laughs> he took some shots. And if you remember the game, Fromm hits, you know, Miko Harbin for an 80 yard, 82 yard touchdown. Um, they, they, they were getting the ball in a lot of screen situations, trying to take advantage of Alabama's pass rush, those types of things. But the point you made right there, Wes, is Jim Chaney, didn't try to go horizontal. He ran straight at the Alabama defense that game with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb and those guys, and he went straight at them. And I think that's the way he's going to attack Georgia this weekend. He's going to say, listen, we have got to be able to run the ball so we can take our shots. You've got to take shots. You can't sit back and say, can't be afraid to turn the ball over. We've got to take our shots against this defense. And you know, when you get a situation West, we have certainly both been on the side of this covering teams. When you you look at Auburn last week, and I know some Auburn fans, it was 27 to 6. Yep. And they missed two balls that probably should have been touchdown or, or huge plays. But what happens is you go back and you look at those things like, man, we were there, we had those two plays. But to beat a team like that, you have to almost be perfect and you have to hit those throws mm-hmm. because Stetson Bennett missed a couple throws and it didn't affect Georgia like that, like it did Auburn with those small windows. So I think Tennessee, you look at that game last year, um, you know, they busted LeCount with his eyes in the backfield and threw a touchdown early in the game. Um, the freshman quarterback, Brian uh, Maurer, hits a, hits a touchdown pass there and they caught LeCount in. And that was a certainly a Jim Chaney knew what he could do to manipulate Richard LeCount's aggressiveness and say, hey, I can get this kid one time. Because when you get somebody that early in the game, that's scripted. That's a scripted play. It's coming. So, you know, there's some things that Jim Chaney's going to take a chance on. I guarantee you're going to see a lot of screens, but they are going to run the ball at Georgia. No question. They're going to, they're going to try their best to do that. And, you know, as me and Jake do our podcast, I mean, that is going to be the tell of the game. If Tennessee can run the ball, it's a totally different game. And they don't have to have 200 yards rushing. But Auburn had 39. 
and you saw what happened. Yeah, I think you got to have at least like 80, 85, something like that. Sure. I mean, you have to you have to get it respected. But that, that's one thing that I looked at when I looked at watching Georgia. I just thought, you know, you, you can't get caught being safe against these guys because, you know, they're so – they're so good. There's 11 of them. They're flowing to the ball. Uh, but I think maybe if you see one thing, it's that, man, they're really confident and they're really aggressive. And anytime you get a group that's that confident and that aggressive, you can normally you can normally get them napping once or twice or surprise them. And, and that's, you know, but you, the problem is you just have to, you like you said, you have to connect on those balls. I mean, we saw it on a much lower yeah. scale, you know, last week. Tennessee kind of played the role of Georgia, and Missouri kind of played the role almost of Tennessee in some ways. And, and Missouri had a chance uh, to hit what should have been about a 75-80 yard touchdown, uh, and the quarterback just didn't make the throw. Uh, and he had completely, completely uh, – Tank McCullough had just busted. He'd gotten his eyes somewhere they shouldn't have been. He got beat downfield, um, but the, the throw just didn't get made. And, and that's – you know, those kinds of things, they, they, they suck the air out of the, out of the offense. That was the first part of my interview with Rusty Manziel from Dogs 24-7 here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we're going to, there's another part to that. Actually, we only didn't even quite get to halfway there. So uh, we're going to step away quickly, pay some bills, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and other fun things. And then we'll be right back and we'll wrap up our conversation with uh, Rusty Manziel from Dogs 24-7 here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday afternoon, talking a little Tennessee football, uh, specifically the 14th-ranked Vols upcoming game on Saturday at third-ranked Georgia, down there between the hedges at Sanford Stadium, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, since it's Georgia week and since we have such a great relationship with our coworkers there at Dogs 24-7, uh, we, we usually go with uh, with Jake Rowe, but uh, uh, 
Uh, we changed it up a little bit this year, had some scheduling issues, and you know what? Um, it's not even really going to a backup because Rusty Manziel is awesome. We love Rusty Manziel. Uh, he covers not just Georgia recruiting, uh, but recruiting throughout the state of Georgia and other parts of the South. Uh, covers. He actually has great relationships with a lot of people in the Tennessee program, uh, recruits who have gone to Tennessee, recruits considering Tennessee, players uh, who have gone to Tennessee in the past who are from the state of Georgia. So this is a guy who's as tapped in as just about anybody you're going to see anywhere in the country when it comes to recruiting in the southeastern United States. So tons of good stuff. We've already talked um, a little bit about the Tennessee-Georgia game with Rusty. Uh, we're going to get back to that here in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to ask you one more time, guys, please please go in there, please go in there, rate and review this podcast. Please mash that subscribe button, uh, whether you're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, iHeartTuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. So please go in there, uh, hit that subscribe button, please rate and review. There's nothing you can do out there. We are so happy to do this for free. We really are. Complete labor of love. We love this. We love doing this. We love bringing it to you. The one thing we're going to ask, please go in there uh, and rate and review this podcast. There's nothing you can do that will help us continue to spread this podcast uh, more than going out there and doing that. That helps people with the algorithms. That helps more people find them uh, when they're searching for podcasts and things to listen to. So uh, for Tennessee fans, for SEC fans, for for sports fans, uh, the more that you rate and review this, uh, the more the better chance that we can have to continue growing this thing. Because I, I look at it every week, and it is amazing to me. It's amazing how quickly we continue to grow this podcast. Uh, and that's because of y'all. That's nothing we're doing. That is because of y'all out there. Uh, you're listening, and we appreciate it, and we love it, and uh, we want to keep bringing that message to more and more people. But uh, if you will rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, that will help us do it. And if there's something you want to hear us discuss uh, on the air, if there's something that you uh, – maybe a guest that you'd like to, to hear us speak with or maybe some uh, some questions or some topics of things that you'd like to see us do, some things you think maybe we could do a little bit better, hey, we're not above listening to that. Whatever it is that you think uh, about this podcast – just go in there and drop a note and tell us. And uh, when we do some, uh, hopefully some some merch giveaways and other things later, we can uh, we can also get that stuff done to uh, with some people who have who have gone in there and rate done the rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff. So now that that's out of the way, let's get right back to it. Here is uh, my conversation from earlier this afternoon with Rusty Manziel from Dogs Twenty Four Seven, talking a little Tennessee Georgia football and recruiting here on the Go Vols Twenty Four Seven podcast. What I'm wondering now, Rusty, I think we know, I think everybody's pretty clear that what's going to happen, you know, when Tennessee has the ball versus, um, you know, when, when Tennessee's on offense, Georgia's on defense. I think people know the challenges there. Um, but the fact that Tennessee is pretty intriguing on the offensive line, got a few NFL players up there and see what happens. I think things get even more interesting on the other side of the ball. Now, Tennessee has to score some in order to make this interesting. Sure. But, but you know, when Georgia has the ball – and Tennessee's on defense. There are so many things about this that are so fascinating to me because, you know, Tennessee defensively, uh, the def- defensive line, they had some issues with COVID in camp. Guys like Solomon and Middleton, they're just now kind of getting back to almost kind of looking like themselves. But on the back end, Tennessee hadn't had Sean Schamberger the first two weeks. Uh, yes. That that guy, I think Pro Football Focus said he was the best nickel um, in the country last season, statistically speaking, just purely on statistics in terms of you know hitting your assignments. 
and then Bryce Thompson was dinged up last week, only played third downs. So they're 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 kind of they went through almost a week and a half or so in camp when they had zero cornerbacks available basically. So so they've had a mess back there. They're trying to get it cleaned up. But I look at Georgia offensively, and, and I don't see just an absolutely scary unit like I do on the other side of the ball for Georgia. I see some scary players. I I, I see some guys who oh man that guy that guy could hurt you. I don't know that I see just a completely elite unit. What do you see when you look at Georgia's offense? That's very fair. I mean, I think that Georgia has to drive the ball. They make some, you know, they got some big play capability, but, you know, let's be honest, they want to run the ball. They want to wear you down and they want to take their shots. And, you know, we could talk about Stetson Bennett and, you know, he missed a couple of throws being very picky. They kind of got away with last week, you know, um, Bryce Thompson, those guys are a little bit better corners in some spots. And then certainly next week with Alabama, you miss those throws and their turnovers. So that's being a little bit picky with him. But, you know, certainly Georgia has to – they have to drive the ball. And, um, you know, I think when you look at them, we're all learning. You know, I keep saying, me and Jake and everybody that covers this team, we're all learning about Stetson Bennett. Is he passing the test? Yes, he is passing the test in six quarters he has. Okay, mm-hmm. and – I think the play that really got everybody excited last week was Auburn dialed up a really good blitz oh, yeah. off the edge. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, Big Camp Bryant, five-star, you know, South Georgia kid uh, who Shelton Felton, by the way, coached, um, mm-hmm. comes in free. And you look at Stetson Bennett, and he immediately recognizes it, dips his shoulder, turns, rolls out of the pocket, squares his hips, shoulders, and makes a great throw to Kiaris Jackson on third down. And, you know – I'm a huge Jake, Jake Fromm guy. I, I've, I've taken some beatings for that. You know, football, I think he was, you know, underrated in this Georgia fan base, what he what he has done. Uh, but I tell you, Georgia fans were excited because Jake Fromm don't make that play. Jake Fromm tucks and runs for about two yards, and you're, you're, you're kicking a field goal. So Stetson Bennett rolls out, extends a play, uh, get, moves the chains, and, you know, it takes those types of plays. You got to be up to stand plays. You got to make, make, make things happen. I know both of these guys personally, Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby, Kirby Smart, both of them. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to make these quarterbacks beat them. Kirby Smart's going to make Garantano beat him, and damn sure Jeremy Pruitt's going to make Stetson Bennett beat him. And he's going to come after him, and he's going to come after him in unique ways, and both guys are going to dial it up. I mean, I know Maurer was young and didn't recognize the hot blitz from Stokes last year. You know, that's just a – that's just a oh, He got blown up. He got blown up. And listen <laughs> – that was the first game, and, you know, you go back and look at that tight formation. It was just a perfect call from Georgia because uh, Stokes was right there. I'm talking about Stokes, a 10-300 guy. So he has explosion off the ball. He was there before Maurer even took a deep breath. So, you know, this big-time football. But Garantano and, and, and Stetson Bennett, we're going to find out on, a lot on both Saturday because I think Garantano's off to a pretty damn good start. I, you know, I spent some time with him this uh, – Summer sent you guys some clips of him and Harrison Bailey throwing and working out, and I knew he'd put in a ton of work in the offseason. And uh, this is a big game for him. It's a big game for Stetson Bennett. You know, we don't know how he's going to face 
how he's going to play against a Jeremy Pruitt defense because he's certainly going to see some different things this week. Yeah, that one play, I, I, it, it's rare that when I'm watching a game live. Now, if I'm if I'm watching it like a replay or something, trying to do some film study, you know, I'll go back in and watch a play two or three, four times, try to figure out exactly what happened. But I were around that play live when I was watching it at home because that's yeah. how excited I got just watching it because Auburn, you could not have picked a better pressure. The timing on it was perfect. It was, you know, basically that was like in the NBA when you see just perfect defense getting beat by perfect like, offense. Like a, like a perfect inbound play where they set a pick and you get a free layup. Yes, yes. That's, and it's, it's that's just, what that was. It, it was perfect. They had drawn it up. Auburn had dialed it up perfectly. And then Bennett, when he dipped that shoulder, I was like, okay, he's going to get out of the pocket. He's going to throw it away. You know, they're going to whatever, settle. And he just squared his shoulders and threw a dart. Yeah. And yep. I was thinking, who the hell is this kid? He, I didn't – I'll be honest. I did not know he had that club in his bag. I, I didn't I didn't know it. And, and so it's just one play. And, and But it's, it's the kind of thing that really can give a kid confidence going forward because I'm telling you, if you can make that play and you've got those kinds of players around you – Okay, I can see where you're going to go on sure. offense, but Rusty, when you talk about that that Georgia, you know, we, we just talked about Stetson Bennett. You know, we know you know Pickens, Jackson. We know the receivers there. We know they're good players. Um, yep. But when you think of Georgia throughout the year, so often you've thought of okay, they're going to have a really smart quarterback in there, and they're going to have just a future, of just stud running backs who are going to play in the NFL for a long time if they're healthy. And they've got some good offensive linemen who are going to kind of pave some holes. Where are they in those areas right now? Where are they at running back? Um, and where are they on the offensive line? Certainly, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but you, you, you've got to be, if you're a Georgia fan, you've got to realistically step back and realize you just lost two NFL first round tackles. Okay. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how Isaiah Wilson is handling Broadway or not, um, he was a hell of a football player at Georgia. And he was a massive, massive dude. I remember standing, I'll never forget, i never forget standing there with Champ Bailey on the sideline. And he was there, uh, he got an SEC award or whatever that night. And, you know, he's asking me, who's this kid? Who's that kid? And he looked at Isaiah Wilson. He said, who is that guy? And I said, and, you know, I started explaining to him. And Andrew Thomas, one of the one of the best offensive tackles ever played at Georgia. And he went number four in the draft and he's starting for the Giants. I mean, he is, he is an absolute no-brainer. Solomon Kinley, fourth rounder starting for the Miami Dolphins. Georgia lost some really experienced and really athletic dudes on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I really think that played a lot into Jake Fromm leaving. Um, because, look, you look at the offseason, and you know Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson are leaving. I mean, hell, can you blame him? Because, I mean, you know those guys had your back and you never had to worry about taking a shot much many times. So, you know, when you look, they've lost some guys. DeAndre Swift you know, right there on the cusp of first rounder. Mm -hmm. They really don't have those types. Now, they've got really good football players. But I don't know right now they've got those types. So you look at a guy like Todd Monken and seeing if he's, if, he's, if he's drawing things up a little different, you know, we're learning about him too as well. So I just think that Georgia has to be more creative. They have to be more X and O guys than opposed to in the past maybe. They're going to bully you. They're going to push you around, and they're going to do what they do to no matter who you are because we got a great quarterback. It's not going to turn the ball over. we got a great O-line, and we got really good run. I watched it last year with Kentucky and South Carolina. I mean, and Kentucky and Texas A&M in person. Georgia got ahead, and just they sat on it. 
I mean, they just didn't, they just didn't want to do anything to turn the game around. And, you know, I don't know if they can do that offensively this year, even though they've got an elite defense, they're going to have to put some points up and they're going to have to score this weekend. I mean, I, I think that, you know, looking at this, I, I certainly think Tennessee can get two touchdowns. I think they can get two touchdowns in this game and how much Georgia will score. We'll see. But I certainly did not feel that way last week with Auburn. I thought Auburn had to have a big play or I thought Auburn had to have a turnover to score a touchdown, and they didn't. Yeah, it's weird to say this because, you know, Georgia has had such – my God, they've had such elite running backs for, for so long now. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, hey, we're wide receiver you, we're RBU. Well, Georgia says RBU, and I'm not arguing it. I mean, when you look at the at the, at the the numbers, you look at the names of the guys that have come out of there, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with that. But when I look at it now, Rusty, I, I'm not so sure. And th- these could be – you could file this under famous last words here in a day or two, obviously. But but I, I think that, that you know, I'm, I'm not so sure I wouldn't pick Gray uh, over some of those guys. I mean, I think that, that in terms of being a kind of complete package, I, I think there's at least a, maybe a small argument to be made there. Yeah, he's certainly – and I'm. it's funny you say that. I'm watching the Missouri game right now, and he busts one up the middle and – you know, a little zone read, and he gets pissed off because he trips over his own feet, but he's got some explosion through the backfield. You know, you look at him and Chandler and those guys, and they're all in the same mold. I mean, they're all SEC backs. And, uh, you know, you look at the combination deal. You know, George is going to go with Zamir White, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see much Kenny Milton yet. But you look at Chandler and Gray and those guys, and, you know, if you're if you're an Alabama fan, if you're a Florida fan, or you ask somebody neutral outside of these circles, you had to pick one of the other two groups to play with, and you pick ten people, they'd probably be five and five. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a clear like Sony Michelle Nick Chubb type deal where you know you were dealing with two alphas. Yep. <laughs> and even when you had DeAndre Swift, what separated DeAndre Swift was that elite speed, and when, once he got a crease, man, it was it was seven points, and so I think they're all what you would call very talented SEC caliber running backs. Now I'll say this, Zamir White in high school was the best running back that I personally had seen because of how big he was, how fast he was, uh, wasn't stiff. You know, he, he had changed the direction of that. This young man's been through two ACLs. So, you know, I still think his best playing days are ahead of him and he looks better this year. And I wonder, you know, if he plays this year, because he come out? Or does he come back one more year and try to hope to get a higher draft pick? Because certainly he looks like a different guy this year. So we'll see. It's another big game for him as well. Yeah, I, I get nervous sometimes when I see him out there running because I just know that he's. Oh, I know man. that he's already had two, and I'm like, oh, God, don't, don't, not again, not again. You know, anytime he gets hit low, I'm like, no, just tackle him high. It's okay. You know, I always, I always think that. But, but, but Rusty, when when you you know talk about this kind of game, I, I mean, I know that. You know, first and foremost on everyone's mind right now is going to be the game on Saturday because it's it, it's a big one. You know, Georgia's trying to, to again compete for a national title. Tennessee's trying to kind of shove shove its way back into the top tier of the SEC after being gone for a decade or so, just in a shockingly bad decade of football uh, that Tennessee had there for a while. Um, but this game also, I, I think, has some, some ramifications that go beyond that uh, for the future. You know, th- this is – in any given year, you know, we know how heavily Tennessee and everyone else recruits in the state of Georgia. Um, but Tennessee, historically, has gone down to the Atlanta area especially, and it's been able to, to go pluck some guys out of there. A bunch of guys on the team now, a bunch of them are um, are, are kind of Georgia, especially Atlanta area kids. Correct. It seems to me like, though, right now there are a lot of big, big, big-time battles between Georgia and Tennessee right now, ongoing, at the moment, for some just absolutely fantastic prospects. 
this game, you know, and I've always kind of had the motto just because I've dealt with kids for 12 years. And I always kind of warn fans, look, unless you get blown out, like you just get hammered, a win or a loss really doesn't play too much into it. If a kid, you know, if a kid likes Tennessee and they were to get beat 26 to 21, I mean, it's not, that doesn't really affect a kid. Mm -hmm. This game in particular, because of these big recruiting battles, and you look at Amarius Mims, who's one of the best offensive tackle prospects I've seen in a long time, a long time. And then you look at Nylon Green, and you look at someone like Smile Munden, and, and you look at all these guys. I, I saw Ty Ingram Dawkins on Tuesday. I stopped by his practice heading to Charlotte, and, man, that is a big kid. He is large. He, I had no idea. Well, they, you know, they say he was 6'3", 240, and all of a sudden now he's 6'5", 315. Um, but he is legit 6'5". I had no idea he was that big. So um, over in over in Gaffney, South Carolina, you know, he's down to, to Georgia intensity, definitely in two of his final three. But when you look at this, this, this game right here is a major opportunity for Tennessee because if they were to win this thing, they can say, look, we told you we're right there. We have turned a corner. You guys come the next three, four years. So I think the opportunity there is so much on Tennessee's side for this. And, you know, if Tennessee loses 24-23, you know, it's, it's not – it is good for them. It's not just like, hey, but I know they want to win. But, you know, if Georgia comes in and shuts them down and we're able to shut them down in a similar fashion to Auburn, you know the message, uh, Wes. You've been around this long enough. The same way, if Tennessee were to shut Georgia down, and, and vice versa, hey, they're they're still not us. They're still not us, you know. And uh, so we'll see. But this is a huge. This is really and truthfully one of those games that a win or a loss here is going to change some decisions. I guarantee it when it's all said and done. And, and Rusty, do, do you have sort of a, a, a feel for this? I know that, you know, we didn't talk special teams. There's so many other things that we could have discussed and, and, and we didn't, but you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you here all day. I, I just, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this because the, the more I continue to kind of wrap my brain around this, I, I think Tennessee has a chance to go down there and give Georgia maybe the kind of game that people thought Auburn would last week but I, I, I just struggle to find enough Tennessee points in this game to win it unless there is a defensive score, you know, a special team score, something like that. I think something like that has to happen for Tennessee to get enough points to win this game. I go back to some of the stuff we talked about with Alabama. What has beaten Alabama the last couple of years? It's been really good quarterback play. Somebody has to have a good quarterback play. Georgia, what has beaten Georgia? Well, Joe Burrow did it, and he hell of a quarterback. Yeah. You know, and um, you know some of those games. Now, South Carolina last year, kind of anomaly because Georgia just played like crap. It was a noon game. They throw a pick, and next thing you know, man, things just snowballed on them. And so, kind of take that game out. Uh, you go all the way back to Baker. I mean, you know, he ran Georgia into to double overtime. I mean. To beat a team with this type of defense, it's going to take a special, special play out of Jarrett Garantano. So when you look at this game, 
and you try to step back from everything because we have to make in our predictions. I think Tennessee is going to score some points. I think it's, I, I, I certainly think this game is going to be probably 20 to 14 with Tennessee right there in this thing in the fourth quarter. I think a late score is going to push this thing over. I certainly anticipate Tennessee playing better. I certainly anticipate Tennessee giving a more threat than Auburn did last week. But if I'm going to have to pick a game, I'm going to have to take the Georgia defense over Jared Garantano. He's going to have to make several big, big plays because Georgia's going to put it in his hands. And um, he's going to have some receivers make, make some catches. He's going to have to not turn the ball over. And, you know, that's what it takes. It takes special quarterback play. I mean, you look at Steven Garcia that year. He beat Alabama. He was, he was he, hell, he was lights out that day. Yes, he was. Didn't matter whatever else happened to him. On that day, it clicked and he was lights out. So certainly it can happen. But when you look at the breakdown, I think this game is going to be a knockdown physical SEC football game, and I think a late score by Georgia will kind of separate it. But I think this could be a 2014 to 2017 game in the fourth quarter. I really do. I really believe that. Yeah, Rusty, yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing Tennessee win it unless they do a couple things. One, Garantano just has to be, you know, he just he has to be good, and it's not just like he can't be not bad. You know, he's got to be good. And I think they're going to have to do something on special teams or Correct. defense, whether they're, they're, they're going to have to score there or they're going to have to get, you know, an interception that gives them the ball in a short field or the red zone. They're, they're going to have to do something like that. And then anytime Tennessee gets to the red zone, got to find a way to get six points on the board because yes. Georgia's only given up two red zone trips all year. I, I mean, that's just ridiculous. So you just – I'm I'm fascinated by this game, you know. I, I'm not going to lie and say I love these matchups for Tennessee, but uh, this doesn't look like the varsity JV game to me that it's looked like at times in the past no. few years. I, I don't I don't absolutely. think things are there. Absolutely. No, absolutely not. And and you know any Georgia fan that you know we have some on our site. I'm you know I'm sure there were some Tennessee fans in the past felt the same way. You no, know, this is a totally different week from Auburn, and um, you know. Listen, Jeremy Pruitt is going to have this team ready to play. I've covered Jim Chaney long enough. I know exactly what he is. I know what he's going to say in pregame. I guarantee you. And they're going to try to run the ball. And eventually, they're going to have to take some shots. So, it's going to it's going to come down to quarterback play. And uh, can he make enough plays? And, and uh, we'll see. But I think – that this is such a great litmus test for, for for Tennessee to see where they are. You know, they're really this close because they're recruiting well. You know, they've played well. This is what Jeremy Pruitt was hired at Tennessee for, games like this. It wasn't – no offense. It wasn't to win Missouri and some of those other games. Tennessee wants to get back to where they have been in the past, and they need to get back into competing in these games and win a few of these. So this is a very big uh, uh, a test to see where they are. Rusty, thank you so much for joining us, man. This is Rusty Manziel, one of my favorite dudes in the network. He and Jake Rowe are my, my favorite duo of dudes, and I mean that, my favorite duo of dudes in the network. Dogs 24-7. Uh, Rusty, what's oh, – I, I know what your Twitter account is, but I don't want to make sure I get it right. Where, where can people find you on, on the socials? They, they can – easy. It's at Mansell 247, and uh, – you know, I do work for the Georgia site and helping our recruiting there and some of our team coverage. But 
man, I'm such a football nut, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm go out and cover kids every Friday night. I go to games every Friday night, uh, and not just to cover Georgia kids, you know, I go out and see them all, but you know, it's funny. I was down at Hillgrove the other day, man. And, you know, just, just looking at that field a couple of days, and I was like, man, I remember Jalen McCullough being a ninth grader here and now he's starting for Tennessee. So, <laughs> you know, it's fun to meet those kids and Ramel Keat Harrison Bailey. And I talked to Harrison Bailey's dad like two weeks ago and, you know, things are going well for them up there and you, know, you meet all these kids and, um, you know, you really hope for the best for all of them because you know how much work they put in for. But it's fun, man. I got a great job. Love doing it. And 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 really, out, you know, look, Alvin Kamara, one of my – I'm still talking to him once a month. You know, we – he'll drop a text like at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, big boy, you asleep? I'm in the gym, you know. And, and you know, he really uh, – you know, I'll give you a quick story. The day that there was a – the state championship games were in December at the, the last games ever in the Georgia Dome. Well, Alvin had to make the decision, am I coming back or not? Now, that was that time frame. And so Alvin hit me up that day and said, hey, are you at the games? I said, yeah, we're sitting upstairs in a box. Why don't you come up here? Somebody messes with you. So he comes up there, sits with me, watches three high school football games, sit in a box by himself, didn't nobody mess with him. I go sit down beside him, you know, right before the Roswell Grayson game started. I said, what's going on? He showed me his phone, man, and Butch Jones had called him about 60 times that day. <laughs> Literally. I mean, his phone from the from all day, and he didn't answer a single time. And I said, man, you're not coming back, you And he just kind of grinned. I said, yeah, I don't have to know. I don't have to know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it was so crazy because, I mean, he's sitting there, and now I know why he was trying to get away from everything. You know, he had that decision to make, and, and uh, he just showed me his phone, man, and it had Coach Jones. I mean, Coach, bless his heart, I would have done the same thing. He called him all day long. And that you yeah. talk about you talk about those late night uh, Camara texts. I've, I've I've gotten some of those like in uh, like in Twitter messages and stuff where <laughs> it's like, dude, are you not sleeping? Nah, he's a freak. Freaks yeah. don't yeah. sleep, man. Freak freaks are either uh, he's uh, he's up there uh, eating airheads and uh, yeah. and and, yeah. and getting better. So uh, great, dude, man. Great, dude. Just just I mean, awesome guy, man. Wish him the best. Awesome, man. Well, Rusty, thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. I know Tennessee recruits so much down there in Georgia that uh, sure. that uh, we need to have you back on here sometime. Yeah, I'm actually going to see a Tennessee recruit tomorrow night, Christian Zachary, young man at Carrollton High School. And I will be sending your teammate, Ryan Callahan, some stuff and, and uh, get you all some scoop on him. Yeah, the, the third play, I think it is, on his highlight film uh, where he tackles the running back and the uh, it's like a zone read and he tackles the quarterback and the running back at the same time. I'm like, I like that kid. Yeah, well, this is their best. This is their best game. They're gonna play the best team. They're gonna play uh, probably the rest of the regular season. They play Rome tomorrow, so uh, get a chance to see Chaz Chambliss, Georgia commit there, Christian Zachary. There's some young kids in that game, so no brainer for me. But should have you guys some good stuff and see where he is in his recruiting. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, Rusty. Appreciate it. That was our good friend Rusty Manziel from Dogs Twenty Four Seven talking Tennessee, Georgia football heading into this weekend showdown between the uh, the third ranked Dogs and the fourteenth ranked Volunteers between the Hedges at Sanford Stadium. And ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to wrap up this edition of the Go Balls Twenty Four Seven podcast. Thanks as always for listening. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker Twenty Four Seven on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P Brown Twenty Four Seven on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter, and Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And for that matter, you can find Rusty Manziel on Twitter at Manziel24. 
24-7 there on Twitter. Uh, if you just want Tennessee news, nothing else, uh, nothing personal from any of us, just Tennessee news, you can get that always at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 and get tons and tons of coverage on there. Not just Tennessee stuff on there, also some SEC stuff, you know, college football, college basketball stuff. Occasionally maybe some uh, some Titans and, um, and Grizzle and – uh, preds and all that other good stuff, uh, but mostly stuff that Tennessee fans will be interested in. in. It, it's not just throwing random stuff out there. It's stuff that the University of Tennessee football fans and football fans and, and sports fans in the state of Tennessee uh, will be interested in. So tons of stuff there at facebook.com slash goboss247. Or if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just right from the tap, right from the source. Go to goballs247.com and get that. The best source for Tennessee football coverage on all of Al Gore's internets. For that matter, the best source on Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, uh, Tennessee football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols sports with Maria Cornelius, who does an awesome job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Uh, you can go to a couple couple of message boards we have there. We got the checkerboard, uh, which is mostly for the men's sports and off-topic discussion. And then we got the summit, the aptly named summit, which is for uh, coverage and discussion of all things Lady Vols and women's sports. So all kinds of stuff on there all the time. Always a good chance. Always a good deal to go in there and try us, guys. Always. It's it's cheaper than you get a free trial, right? And then it's cheaper than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That's it. That's all it is. And if you pay us full price, once you pay us full price, you get access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform, and you get that for free in perpetuity as long as you're a full-paying member with us at GoVols 24-7. And what is CBS All Access? I just mentioned it. It's the streaming platform for CBS. Everything on the CBS network, every show ever made, commercial-free, and that's in the entire catalog of the company. New movies in and out every month. Uh, You get live sports, SEC football, college football, college basketball, SEC basketball, NCAA tournament, March Madness. You get uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, uh, World Series of Poker stuff. All kinds of really neat stuff there. And it's not just stuff from CBS. Uh, it's other Viacom properties as well. You got Comedy Central on there. Uh, you got BET on there. You got uh, MTV on there. You got uh, Smithsonian Channel and uh, Nickelodeon there for the kids. All kinds of good stuff on there. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff in the streaming universe, but CBS All Access is a really good one. And that's a free deal from us. So take advantage of that. And uh, if nothing else, guys, you should hear from us on Saturday night after Tennessee and Georgia play, maybe early Sunday morning, but most likely late Saturday night, uh, unless something happens before then. So until then, guys, um, be good. Uh, Safe travels if you're one of the few going to Georgia. Be safe and stay dry this weekend. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.